Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 10, and our recommendations on Mayans MC, The Flight Attendant, Abbott Elementary, and Selling Sunset. Hi, Margaret. How are you today? I'm pretty good, Diana. And you? I am doing very well myself. Good to hear. All righty. So, young love in this episode of Fear the Walking Dead. So, our question of the day is, do you remember your first kiss? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Had so many, Diana. I, they are all a blur. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's good to have, Margaret. Well, it wasn't memorable, so I guess that is good. <laughs> Neutral. Okay. However, I do remember when I first bowled. My family is a bowling family. My grandmother was in a league. My father was in a league. So, of course, she, my grandmother took us out, me, my brother, and sister, out to bowl, couldn't even get hold it. My, I was so Aww. young. I was probably four or five, and you know, two hands p- pushing that ball down the gutter, 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 gutter. I got one pin. I think my score was one. So yeah, that was fun. I'm much better now because I understand the arrows. But so, who <laughs> was your first kiss? I had to think about it for a second about my first kiss. And you know what? It was in elementary school and it was, oh, oh. it was spin. It was like spin the bottle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that too. Yeah. See? And but I, I never was, got kissed. I did. And that was my first kiss. Wow. <laughs> was it? It was, it was a at a park. Yeah. And it was at a park. I don't know if it was during school time. Couldn't have been during school time. Could it have been? Re- I don't recess. Know. Could have been recess. Well, I think we like did a field trip maybe to that place, oh, but wouldn't the oh. teacher know that a group of kids were, were were out doing this? Because I was in elementary school, so it's not like I could have come here by myself. So now I'm wondering what kind of supervision did we have back then? Minimal. So yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I do want to bring up something about bowling also. I don't recall the very first time I bowled. I'm not sure if it was when I was a teenager or younger, but... In high school, I was able to take bowling as part of my PE class. Isn't that the coolest thing? I remember feeling like this is such a cool thing. And we would drive to a bowling alley and it was on a Wednesday when we had these two hour increments. I don't know why, but Wednesdays were you could have you had three classes instead of this five or six that you had. And oh. it were two oh. hours. And that day was a day we would go bowling. Oh, and wow. it was so much fun. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. So, um, yeah, I recall my bowling and I recall my first kiss. So, Ooh. yeah. Friends out there, let us know, do you remember your first kiss? And if not, do you remember when you first bowled? You can tell us the answer to either one of those questions. Or both. Yeah. You can leave a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. We would love to know. 
The links are in our show notes. Okay, so Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 10, entitled Morning Cloak. This centers on Charlie and a new character, Ali, in a post-apocalyptic coming-of-age episode. Ah, has my name written all over it, which I really enjoyed. We get action, walkers, radiation, butterflies, kisses, and get to see familiar faces. So tell me, Margaret, what did you think of this episode? I, you know, I really, really do like... Fear the Walking Dead because it takes a different spin on everything. But not really buying this radiation thing with Charlie. I mean, it kicked up so quickly, so early, and so fast, and it made no sense. So I don't know. And then she wanted to turn on the beacon when there wasn't any setup for how they were going to navigate through to find the people, you know, the baby and what's her name? Grace. Grace, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> but I just felt like it was a little weak, weakly put together. And they I think that if they had focused more on like Ali and his his whole turmoil with his family and his feelings and his wanting to, you know, be important or matter and then he meets this girl who puts him on a pedestal pretty much. I mean, they connected. They both had lost. They both, you know, it was it was a sweet little relationship thing. However, I don't know. I just I just don't get that. Do you think Charlie's going to die? I don't think she's going to die. I think something's going to happen and it's going to like, you know, like with Grace. Yeah, I was going to say Grace. Yeah. And the baby absorbing all the radiation. I didn't Google it. I didn't research it. But I really don't think that's possible. So anyway. That's how I felt. And I I just personally, I really like to have a few storylines running simultaneously and have them woven together in the episode versus just this chunk and chunk, which is what I felt it was. It was entertaining. I liked, you know, a lot of what they brought to it, but it just could have been richer. It could have been more for me, especially mm-hmm. since it's, you know, the second episode. They got to really hook you, right? Yeah. So you're interested in watching the rest of the season and... I don't know if if they're really doing that full heartedly or wholeheartedly. So, but what what did you think? I, you know, that is so true what you just said about hooking us. And the, I think the only person that I saw who really changed during this episode was June, which we'll oh. talk about later on in this um segment because I want to finish off what we're talking about here with um Charlie. And Ali, but with Charlie, I thought the same thing. Like, how did this happen so fast? And why is she on the ground already? And if Grace had been exposed to and she's been living all this time, why is Charlie like on her last leg? It was so bizarre to me how this and why this was happening. And I don't know how radiation works. I'm really curious about that, too. I I I really don't understand it because then I wondered, wouldn't Ali have been exposed to? And does it matter if she was exposed? Can she spread that exposure to anybody or is it just self-contained? I don't know how it works. And then her age being 13 oh, oh, or right? 12. Why no? No, I no. I I had trouble getting over that a lot. It kept bothering me. 
I'm like, one, she doesn't look that young at all. And two, putting her in this position of her first kiss and and not not that there's anything wrong with that part, but I, I just she just doesn't look that age. And I no. just feel like she no. should have been at minimum fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, there was a couple things that I had to get through or, you know, jump in and, and try to believe as I was watching this. <laughs> but um yeah. I, oh my gosh, I was so disappointed that they killed Ali. So disappointed. But if he's radiated, if he's radiated, then, you know, he's got a short-term life. I mean, that just popped in my head and I thought. Yeah, but I liked him a lot. I liked his character and I didn't think that fear would kill two characters back to back. But I suppose we needed to see how cruel Howard could be and how much of a strand soldier he is. And But I really like the kid. I like the actor. I, I just thought it was perfect casting. And I'm really kind of sad that we don't get to see him again. I really liked him. Like the way we liked Max on The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. her being a new character and really liking her character, I liked this kid just as much. Like, I'm really sad to see him go. In fact, I like him better than some of the regulars that we see. I'm like, damn, this kid's going. He's such so good. Well, you knew Um, it. (laughs) You knew he was going to go. Well, I didn't. I did not yet. But that's their formula, you know? I mean, and and somebody had said that. One of the the, uh, Talking Dead about one of the episodes, or you had mentioned it, about how you get introduced to a character and then boom, they're gone. And I, you know, that shock value is gone after they've done it a few times. So yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that they did do that to Ali though, because I thought that he had worked his way into a position of trust with them, even though he was, he was going to do the beacon thing. He should have lied. He should have just said, I know. know, Done anything (gasps) but what he said did. So I know. I thought the same thing. But I did like his storyline about his father and wanting to become a ranger. I thought, besides him feeling like a coward with his father, I thought, Other than that, I thought he was actually really a brave young man. Didn't seem to really be too afraid of the walkers. I mean, he was, you know, willing to fight through them and um, just be out there on his own. Like when he went to go capture that butterfly and he wanted to get it no matter what. And even though a walker was coming toward him, he was kind of playing, playing the odds. Like, can I get it? Can I get it before this walker gets here? And he goes for it and gets the butterfly. And then of course, stabs the walker in the head. So I just thought that was a cool shot. Just kind of gave us more insight into the type of person he was. Mm -hmm. And I thought that um, I really love the moments that he spent with Charlie. I, as you have said, I love love, <laughs> which is true. And so I thought it was really sweet for him to teach her how to bowl. I liked their moment. I loved their young chemistry together. And I felt like both Charlie and Ali had growth in this episode because he realized he needed to save her and not follow Howard or Strand because he knew it didn't feel right. Because he said that earlier to um, Howard. He says, this doesn't feel right to me. And then he says, oh, but we got to do what we got to do to save the tower. 
And then Charlie realized she couldn't do what she was set out to do for Morgan because it would jeopardize his well-being. So I just really felt like for both of them, this was a true coming of age episode. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, it was heartbreaking. It really was because I thought they're both experiencing this new young love. Uh, I know it feels soon, but I just felt it between them. And I just thought it was cute. I thought it, um, I, I just really appreciated it. And, you know, when he found out that she had radiation, you know, we see June and Grace come out and tell him. And then he goes and um, gives her a surprise birthday present. Charlie says, I need to alert Morgan. And he says, oh, I'll do it. And right at that moment, I thought it was a setup. I thought <laughs> that she didn't really have radiation, that June and Grace came out pretending she had. I thought, oh, oh. my God, they're going to say she has radiation and trick this kid into right. helping them. That's what I thought was going to happen for a moment. I thought that was so mean. <laughs> but that's not oh, what happened. No. No, I know. But I mean, just for him, because I liked him that much. I liked this kid that much. Mm. And I liked that both Charlie and Ali were just truthful with one another. They, you know, they both had to come clean to each other. And I I don't know, I just like that whole relationship. And I'm just going to miss it. Now she's experienced it. Love, short love. And now it's gone. Yeah, but she's going to die. I know that too. (laughs) So, I mean, at least she had the the only thing she didn't have was sex. So, you know, know, I thought she didn't have a shirt on at one point, but I saw it again and she did. She had a tank top. I didn't realize she had a tank top. But when he came and put put that blanket on her, she's going to be 13. I know. You can't do that. That's why my mouth was hanging. I'm like, oh. Was she topless right there? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, you cannot do this to a 12, 13-year-old on no. television. But then I saw it when I saw it again that she, her, because her hair's long, and so you could barely see her tank top. And the tank top <laughs> is flesh color, so you couldn't see it. Because he puts the blanket on her. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, what did they just do? And then I realized, okay, they didn't do anything. They were just laying there listening to the music and watching the butterflies. But um, yeah, and I was so mad at Howard, so mad for killing the kid. I thought it was so ruthless. And now he can die. They need to toss him over the edge to die. Well, he probably will. Yeah, he probably will. It'll be so, you know, this whole strand control thing. We haven't even really seen him. Where is he? Why have he, has he not been present for anything? Yeah. Even a cameo. I mean, we don't even know, you know, he could be out there radiated or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Really. I wonder so, what he is doing. Hmm. I don't know. Because he's not. Did they say? Didn't they talk about that? They said he was off with his rangers. And when the kid asked what he was doing, he said that's between him and the rangers. So yeah, so he didn't it's spill like, the beans. No, so something's up with him. I bet. Straight. Yeah, gotta be. But he's slippery. He'll get. He'll get out of anything because he's just a slippery kind of guy. Worker. He's a hustler. Who? Howard? You mean? No. Or Strand. Or Strand. Strand. Okay. Okay. No, Howard yeah. has no creativity whatsoever. So he's not a hustler. He's just a soldier, like you said. Yeah. 
You know, it was interesting how they brought up the butterflies transforming themselves into something better and how Howard was saying that's what Strand has done and that's what we do here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's all... It's all relative or perspective. So you don't know where anybody came from. This might be the best thing they've ever had. So, you know, living high on the hog in this, oops, sorry, in this situation. So, yeah. All right. Let's talk about June and John Dory Sr. So at the beginning, I was so surprised that they seemed to be going along with everything at the tower. I mean, I was really shocked. I said it out loud. I'm like, why are they you know, just so compliant here. It really bothered me. And I was glad toward the end of the episode that we did see their true intentions. I'm like, ah, this is the June and the John Dory. I know um, because JD John Dory uh, senior has a plan to get into strands here. Of course, um, June has reservations about that. Cause she's like, no, I tried doing that with Ginny and it didn't work. Yeah. So I don't know how far he's going to get, but at least they have a plan. At least they're not all in on this. Cause I thought, Oh my gosh, are you guys becoming <laughs> tower people. Um, but I did love that June put Howard in his place. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and then she says, strand needs more, me more than he needs you. Yeah. And to, to keep the tower people, uh, safe and healthy and so she tells she makes a deal because otherwise i guess he was going to take charlie i don't know was he going to throw her over the edge i don't oh no he was going to send her out that's what it was he was going to send her release her the next morning and she said no she needs to be under my care and uh so that's our deal i'll stay here and keep doing what i need to do as long as she's protected here with with me Mm -hmm. but she does make basically a vow to Charlie that before she, you know, while she's still living, that she'll take Strand down. So I'm like, yes, Junior, finally on board. I don't think that's possible, though. He's been from the beginning. This guy has been the hustler. He's been the say whatever you have to say in order to get out of it. And he ends up he's like floats on top, you know. So I don't you can't. He's a the character is a very intelligent character too, because he's been through so much and he manipulates every situation so that he does come out on top. So I don't really think that there's a chance in hell that she's going to get in his ear or the other guy, the Dory guy is going to get in his ear because he doesn't, he doesn't listen to anybody but himself. He's a narcissist. So, you know, uh, uh, they're going to have to kill him to get anything to shift. Yeah. There's no way that they can convince him at all. Even, even if Alicia talks to him, I mean, they have a different type of relationship when she comes back in to play with him. But mm-hmm. ultimately, he's he's a narcissist. He doesn't give mm-hmm. a shit about anybody except him. So, and his little fiefdom, you know, or fiefdom, however you want to say that. So. Yep. So what other thoughts or tidbits do you have? I think that they started to set up some things. Um Again, the beacon outside is kind of, you know, what's keeping the walkers all there. So what's stopping somebody from shooting it, right, on the outside? Just like aiming a gun and taking out that bulb or the glass. It's that glass that they went for, right? The Fresnel glass from the lighthouse or whatever. Uh-huh. So they they could easily take, they've got sharpshooters, they've got guns, they could take that out if that's, you know, and then get in but do why do they want to get in the tower 
what does the tower hold for everybody? Well, they had, now I don't know specifically, I know that what they wanted Charlie to do was to put out the light so that they could get the walkers out of the way so that they could get in and get Grace and the baby out. So right now, Morgan's just thinking of Grace and the baby and getting them back out. Mm-hmm. So I you don't, don't think they want to get in because he's, they're in that the submarine, right? So right. They, well, maybe and- they do eventually, but I think their first mission was to get Grace and um, the baby. And then from there, I don't know what Alicia's plan is. We'll find out when she yeah. gets... What she know. needs? What does she need to get? She went to go get something too. I can't even remember. I don't remember. It. I mean, that's how inspiring that episode was, right? She was yeah. going back to get something. What was it? I don't remember. Me neither. It was trivia. Anyways, Alicia's going to go get something, and she's going to be back, and they're going to go to war. That's all I remember. But what she's going to get, I don't know. That's oh. bad. Well, that's not, but it's, I mean, that kind of drives the nail into the coffin because there is really no flow through or through line or whatever with these stories because they're not yeah. really connected. They're just little bits and pieces. Oh, let's have them do this. Let's have them do that. Let's have, it's not to me knit together as well as it could be so that you're following this linear path. So I think that's, for me, I'm a Mm -hmm. real linear kind of person. I like to know why things are happening and what follows it and what leads up to it. And I think, you know, a lot of the the storyline in that episode, this most recent episode, really makes you wonder, do they want to to take the, or do they want to become part of that tower community? No, even though it's all self-sufficient and thriving. Whatever happened to what Morgan had established in that riverbed thing that's hidden from, you know, Virginia, her group, it's not on the map. What happened to that? Why are they not back there? I don't, what happened? Well, that was when the radiation happened. So they probably needed to be in some place, not exposed. I think that's what happened at that point. Uh I think that's why they haven't gone back. Oh, okay. I think they're in the submarine because they can breathe in the submarine and then they found that food. So right now the submarine was yeah. the safest place for them to be. That's why they left that. But ahead. it wasn't everybody in the submarine though. No. It was Morgan and everybody Col- scattered, but now people have come. So what I learned in this episode, or at least what I think the characters learned, was um how ruthless and how disposable people are if they are not falling in line. Once again, you have to fall in line and follow the Mm -hmm. rules and do what this one guy says. So it's a very totalitarian sort of society that is being created because you do, if you do disagree or you don't want to play, then you're out. So poor little Ali, you know, that was sad. And then I thought it was really kind of cool when we did see when she got when he put her in the elevator and then closed the doors on her and then all the the dad yeah. were trying to get in and eat her and all that kind of stuff and then you uh-huh, uh-huh. parted the doors and there were their bubbly faces from the radiation so that was kind of cool that was a different spin on what they looked like yeah you're right about those uh, radiation walkers those were pretty cool they're cool. And, you know, those stalkers, do you remember those stalkers? You probably don't even remember the stalkers because they were not Oh, the memorable. people? Yes. They were dumb. They were dumb. <laughs> they were yeah. so bad. I was for- worried about the horse. 
was somebody oh. going to eat the horse? You know, because yeah. they just left the horse out there with yeah. everybody, all the, and I'm like, what happened? I thought they tied. I mean, oh. Yeah. I remember that so from the true. first season. I mean, yeah. the very first season when they were in downtown Atlanta and they ate the yeah. horse. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. They've done that several times, actually. Yeah. They've eaten horse throughout the so season. Gross. So, yeah, I'm glad no horses <laughs> appeared to well, be eaten here. But right. those stalkers, they weren't very smart in what they were doing. And, and Ali was smart to let the walkers go so that they could get them. But I had I had to laugh. They I had to laugh too out. because watching them all like on top of them, like digging I in. Know. It was I a, know. it was funny. It was quite <laughs> funny watching it. And then I thought to myself, why is this funny? And I thought, well, because when it's people we don't know or people we don't like, it's like, oh, the walkers need to eat them. But when it's somebody we like, admire, it's horrible. It's the worst thing in the world. You're like, oh, my God, that person got bit or eaten. It's horrible. So I was um, noticing how I felt about the walkers eating the good people and the bad people, or how I view it anyways. What I find really interesting is that they just move so slowly. How do you not get away? Yeah. I mean, really. Right. Yeah, and because I've seen other like on um, Netflix, they have a couple of these zombie things, apocalypse things, and and it's like they're running fast after the people. You yeah, can't get away from them because so they're running scary. so fast. I know. So I'm kind of like, how does this? How do they not know? I mean, it's a predictable behavior. Yes. So exactly. you think that they would be able to, you know, dance with them a little bit better? But it's right. like. Unless you're under a pile, obviously. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And again, the tower people being thrown off the wall, it's so medieval. It's like, wow, you're really throwing yeah. people off this wall. And then people are seeing them on different floor yeah. levels. Oh, seeing them go by. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. And then we got to see grace and wendell for like a minute you know they only mm -hmm. showed them for one minute and then yeah i already talked about howard and how annoying he is and he needs to go he will eventually yeah all right margaret we are at our segment and the award goes to so tell me what was your favorite quote character or moment personally having the same sort of experience with butterflies I really liked that moment because it reminded me of being at the, when I used to live in New York City and I went to the Natural Museum of History and they had butterflies. And it was always a really nice reprieve from the winter because it would be in February when it was like three degrees outside. And then they would have all these little butterflies in this one contained area and it was hot and sunny and you could watch the evolution. And I just thought that's kind of was replicated very well. I don't know if they were real or if they were CGI or, you know, what they were, the butterflies. But it really, you know, it's a nice, mellow, calm, sort of um, identifiable experience. So for me. yeah, And you? Me too. I love the butterfly moment with Ali and Charlie. And I thought that the releasing those butterflies meant he was taking a new direction. Yeah. And he wasn't going to try and impress Strand or become a ranger anymore. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I well, I, yeah, I don't know about the ranger part, but yeah, I, well, I think he just was like, okay, this is my direction now. Mm-hmm. Um, because he knew how much Strand loved those butterflies and how important they were. And so he just was like, not going to do what Strand wanted. He was going to make Charlie happy in that time. And that mm-hmm. was what he was going to do. So I love, and I love how he recited back to her what she had told him about the butterflies that oh. something this beautiful deserves to live no matter how long that is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and you are. I know. <laughs> I am. And just them, the music that played, the words in that song, and them laying down, looking up at the butterflies. I just thought it was so. So sweet. And then remembering their first kiss. And um, I just thought that we really needed to see this in this apocalyptic world. I just thought it was so sweet and ultimately so tragic. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) tears of my heartstrings, man. Tears of my heartstrings. Oh, Ali, it was good to know you for an episode. (laughs) I'm sure Charlie uh, thought the same. Yeah. Oh, man. Heartbroken. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of that episode. But I just want to say we're looking forward to the next episode, and it's called Ophelia. Oh. And it's going to entail Daniel and maybe his cat. No, actually, I was going to say him losing his <laughs> mental capacity. Oh, no, that was all a game. No, they're talking about it. It's they it's said. Why would it still be a game? It has nothing to do with his current group. Because I don't know. He got used to it. I don't know. <laughs> <He> got used <laughs> to it. You know, you you develop these little things, oh and God. you keep, and you're just part of your business now. I don't know. I don't know. But apparently, Wes know. and Luciana are. It's growing. weighing on their patience. That's Luciana. what I read. So we'll see, oh. but we get to see some new people finally. I'm glad it's going to concentrate on some other people. Although I agree with you, I think it needs to be different storylines or something more Multi. than just yeah, multi yeah. storylines. That would be good. Uh. All right, Margaret, that wraps up our conversation on <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead for this week. But yes. I would like to know what are Uh-oh. you currently watching? Well, I was pleasantly surprised when I turned on Netflix and it said Selling Sunset season five. And I was like, Whoa, yay! Because all this stuff has hit social media. So you hear all these little tidbits and then you and it's, you know, will be featured in season five because it's, you know, post dated, yeah. whatever. So I just thought it was really kind of cool to see everybody again. And I watched the whole thing between two days, between Saturday and Sunday, and I have to say that I was not as engaged as I was in all of the previous episodes or what? seasons because okay. I found the characters not that interesting. And I, uh, because they just didn't, they didn't reveal, they were not vulnerable. They did not reveal an awful lot. Uh, and so, and it was just hmm. pick on Christine, pick on Christine. I don't like Christine. I think she's a real jerk. Mm-hmm. She's a narcissist, of course, and she thinks she's funny when she's just plain old rude and, yeah. you know, just being insensitive. But that's what they play up. So I feel like this reality show is totally a reality show because it's it's showing people at their worst. And I don't want to see that, honestly. They're, they're, for me, there was no no moment that I felt was touching or 
heartfelt. Um, yeah. And I, and, and to, that's reality. When yeah. You have people who are actually going through all of those emotions and expressing all of those emotions. And this was just kill or be killed. And, mm. you know, I didn't even like the relationship between, um, Jason and Chriselle. And, you know, I mean, I, so, and they kissed, they kissed a lot, Diana. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I just, I really felt like it was a little more manipulated and less authentic. Ah. So, but, uh, and that Chelsea chick, oh my God, fake accents. Every, she'd shift into a different like part of England or Ireland or America or Valley Girl or whatever. And it's kind of whatever. And it's really kind of funny because I Googled it, you know, just because it came up on my screen on Monday, because everybody was watching, making comments about how fake her accent is. That's the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, you're English, really? Because you certainly don't sound it. So I like to watch it only because I like to see LA. I like to see the houses, the, the clothing that this these girls come up with. And so it was really less than for me. It was more of a visual thing rather than a like a stimulating intellectual. Wow. That's really kind of interesting. And she's so, you know, whatever. So the intimacy was gone for me. The other, the other show that I really, really enjoyed that I had been seeing, um, previews for was Abbott elementary and it's on ABC and, um, it's about it's written and it stars this person, um, Quinta, Brunson and it's set in Philadelphia in the Philadelphia school system. And it's about all these teachers coming in and trying to make the lives of the kids better and what they have to do. And it's their interactions and they all happen in the, in the, in the um, teacher's lounge. So they talk and they interplay and it's really kind of, it's funny because it's in your face and they say things they shouldn't say. They respond, they react in a way that's, you know, on TV inappropriate, but yeah, it's just funny. I just really enjoy it because this girl who is the writer and star, um, Quinta, she just is so naive. <laughs> and she just is so hopeful and so positive and she just gets squished every episode. So it's really, I just really liked it a lot. The characters, they just interact in just, I don't know. It's to me, it's like a seamless play because they all, it's very, very genuine and authentic. So I just thought it was really, really funny. And you so. watch it on ABC, is that what you said? I watch it on Hulu, actually. On they play Hulu. it, you know, the next day. Because it's yeah. on when something else is on. And so I watch it the next day. But um, and it's 30 minutes, 24 minutes. It's easy to, to sit and watch the whole season <laughs> in an evening. Not that I've done that, but, you know, because they're still coming out. But Yeah. So do you, what, it, what TV shows or, or movies do you have? Oh, I am really excited because Mayans MC season four has come back on. I've been waiting, 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 wondering when it was going to come back. Then all of a sudden, you know, saw an advertisement. I'm like, oh my God, it's here. It's finally here. And so I was, I really like the show. It's season four. It's on FX. You can see it on Hulu. Uh, Mayans MC exists in the Sons of Anarchy world. And the series follows Easy Reyes, once a golden boy and now a parolee and a member of the Santa Padre MC club, along with his brother Angel. This season, Whoa, it's about war and bloodshed right now amongst the Mayans chapter. The very first episode was continuous action, gunfire, 
tension. It was crazy. I'm, I'm talking about like the whole 45, 50 minutes. It was like intense and I loved it. I was on the oh, edge wow. of my seat. I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I love it when a show can do that. I, I This is why it took so long to bring it back because they knew what they were building up to and it was going to take a lot to produce this episode. And uh, it was just, it's really one well done. I'm really excited. They showed two episodes and the second episode was recouping from episode one and facing wrongdoings within the chapter, you know, because they don't call the cops. There was a couple of girls inside this uh, where they hang out and their place. There was a couple of girls that bartend there. And mm -hmm. one of the girls wanted to call the cops and they knocked the phone out of her hand. They're like, we don't involve the police. <laughs> you know, we handle this on our own. And so uh, it, it was just crazy. And it was so Anyways, the second episode, just, you know, different members of this particular chapter have done some things that they shouldn't do, and they have to own up to it to their brothers. And it's just so good. It's really good. It's really well done. It's a great show. I'm so excited it's back on. I am a fan of this series. I also didn't realize that Flight Attendant Season 2 oh. was back on, and it's on HBO Max. Love it. Mm -hmm. uh, Kaylee, oh, it's different, too, now, right? The yes. Whole premise. Yeah. yeah. So Kaylee Cuoco and Rosie Perez. I had forgotten how good the show was until I tuned in for season two. It's a fun thriller. Kaylee plays Cassie, a flight attendant who is now sober in season two and working for the CIA, but not always following the rules, which makes makes it so funny. She makes me laugh and it digs further into this mystery. And I just think the writing is really smart, creative and really well done. And I'm glad it's back on. And then I saw I'm watching Selling Sunset, also season five on Netflix, and I think I'm only on episode five. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the episodes, Margaret, and then uh, <laughs> we'll be able to catch up on what's happening with everybody. I think the only kind of spoiler is really knowing what happens with Jason and Chriselle, right? Because we know that they're through social media, that they're not together yet in here. They're all in love and they're like, oh, we knew he was in love because he doesn't normally do this. And you're like, oh, yeah, but you guys are broken up now. So what does it matter? Well, but you know why? She wants a family and maybe he doesn't. Is that where the issue lies? But then he had told somebody else, oh, I might want a child someday. Sure. So sure. when he's 80. <laughs> the thing is, he can have it when he's 80. Exactly. <gasps> so. All exactly. right. Okay. Know. Well, hopefully we've given everybody <laughs> these no great show. No movies for me this week. Oh, because we are continuing to watch Outer Range and it's getting really good. Like I'm like, ooh, I'm kind of hooked. I, we need to keep watching it. So instead of watching our Saturday night movie, we watch two episodes of Outer Range. So, oh. so I will have a movie for you. Let's let's make it a plan to have a movie next week. Next hopefully. week, okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll try. try for that. All right, Margaret. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Oh sure, it was fun. They cut stop cutting their lungs. Yay! Yay! Now we can go to bed. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website at screensinfocus.com and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. This helps other listeners find us. Next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 11. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.